Good morning. How are we doing? Jesus is alive. You know, he's not dead. He died and he came back to life. How good's that? So that means he's alive still. Amen? He's not here with us. Bible says he's gone up into heaven, but then he sent somebody else to earth, the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive in you today. That means that Jesus is alive in you today. Is there any life in the room? That even though you die, you shall live. That's the good news. That's why we should be singing and dancing like nobody else on this planet. Some of you are getting it this morning. It doesn't just happen by itself. You have to associate yourself with what you believe. It's, oh God, do it. It doesn't happen. You have to believe in here and put it into action. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to sing. I'm going to dance. I'm going to deny what I think, what other people are worrying about this morning. And I'm going to sing and dance because there's new life in me. Hallelujah. Come on, I need to preach this morning. Some of you need to come back to life this morning. Are we alive? Do you want to hear an Easter message? <laughs> I'm alive. I've been to Africa, right? And them guys are alive and they sing. They, they don't have to think about singing and dancing. We don't have to reprogram them. They just naturally do it. Some of us need rewiring and reprogramming. We need to be taught how to dance. And that's for them. No, it's not. It's for here. It's for us. <laughs> right then. So it's Easter. And, um, I, you know, Easter is the greatest story on the earth. It is. There's no other story that's as good as Easter. It's got everything. It's got the goody. It's got the body. Ooh. Oh, no, it hasn't. <laughs> it's got the goody. It's got the body. You know, it's got the twist at the end that no one sees coming. Who loves one of those? You're trying to guess all the way through. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Then all of a sudden, oh, I didn't see that coming. It just got you. They're the best, aren't they? The cross is all about that. The cross is all about God being the king. It's all about God being in control. And us trying to work it all out and thinking we know and we've got it. But God knows best. And he knew what we needed. And the cross is the greatest story on this planet. And, I, you know, as we began to prepare this message, I thought, you know, it is the greatest story. And I need to talk about, you know, this story or this movie, you know. Anybody seen Ben-Hur recently? You seen the new one? Oh. You seen the old one? See, we like the old, don't we? You know, the classic, is it 1959? I went around my mum's the other day. She's got it on. She loves it. Charlton Aston, she loves him. She almost worships me more than Jesus. She loves it. It's a classic old, isn't it? We all like the old films, don't we? And then they do them new, don't they? And they're never the same, are they? It's like you did it. Can you imagine trying to do The Wizard of Oz again? You'll never do The Wizard of Oz, will you, the same? It'll never get done. They did The Return to Oz. What's that about? Should be put back in the cupboard and written off. But, you know, when I look at this story, this story is the new and it was done better than any, any story that had ever been done before. It was the new of the new, and nobody saw it coming. It was like, wow. And people didn't understand it. People were confused at the time. They didn't kind of see it coming. They knew something was coming, but they didn't see how it was going to work out. But God knew. And he wrote the greatest story on this planet. But then I started thinking, you know, when I watch movies now, 
you get these movies that are coming out recently, they're a bit unclear. You know, like my, the old classics I used to watch, like Superman, it was clear. Superman was the baddie, and Lex Luthor, sorry, Superman was the goodie. <laughs> this is why I'm confused, you'll see why I'm confused in a minute. Superman was the goodie, and Lex Luthor was the baddie. And he played it, a good baddie. Can you get a good baddie? You know, you say that, don't you? Oh, he was a good baddie, he was. I'm like, he's not, how can he be good? He's a baddie. But he played a good part, yeah? And you get the good, and you get the bad, and it's clear. Then you get films like this, Superman versus Batman. Who comes up with it? Superman's a goodie. Batman's a goodie. Yeah, they put Superman versus Batman. It doesn't make sense in my head. And it just got me thinking. I thought, you know what? The cross is the greatest story in the New Testament. And I thought, what's the greatest in the Old Testament? There's got to be some classics in there. You know, I thought David and Goliath. You know, the, the big bully and the underdog comes through. We like one of them, don't we? We like the underdog coming through. We all feel like an underdog, don't we? We all feel like we're not good enough. But when we get victory, it's like, yeah, I got victory. I overcame. We like a good underdog winning, don't we? And then I thought, what about Samson? Samson, Delilah. I was at the matches today singing Delilah. I do apologize if you don't. We can't go there apparently nowadays. We're not allowed to sing it apparently at Stoke now, but we won't go there. But here's the deal. Samson, Delilah. And I thought, wow, Samson, all that hair. You know, and when he grew his hair, he had power, he had strength. I thought, we all like a good movie where a superhero's got power, don't we? He's got some secret weapon, he's got some secret force, he's got something of power. We like a good superhero who's got power, like Spider-Man. See how I did that? Sorry if it hit you, right? You know, Spider-Man, we love Spider-Man. We, we like a superhero who's got power. Samson had power. But then I thought, no, that's not the greatest of the old. And I thought, growing up, what do most kids remember? What are we taught? And I thought, you know, I know what it is. It's Noah and his ark. We all love Noah and the ark, don't we? Has anybody not heard the story of Noah and the ark? Whew, I haven't got to go over it. And we love that story. And I thought, do you know what I'm going to do this morning? I'm going to do what they do now with films. I'm going to do the cross versus the ark. I'm going to be a bit controversial this morning. If they can do it watching, doing films, I'm going to do it preaching this morning. So we're going to do the cross versus the ark. And you lot can be the ark. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to cause a division in the church. We're going to all be together on this. So I just started to look at the, look at the ark. And I thought, do you know what? Both started off out of the same material. The ark, gets a tree, chops it down, starts to put it, make the right shapes, puts it all together, builds this amazing vessel, this amazing boat that God wants Noah to build, and it's simply made out of a tree. And then I look at the cross, and I'm thinking, wow, look at what they build. It's, it doesn't look as magnificent as the ark. Let's be honest. We look at the ark and go, wow, God's creation was put on there. Noah was put on there. To save God's people, save God's creation. Yet then when I look at the cross, it's just two pieces of wood. A symbol that was there for punishing criminals. I mean, you wouldn't look twice at it really, would you? You'd look at the ark and go, I'm looking at that baby. That's the latest BMW. Look at that. I'm not looking at the, I'm going to say a car and offend somebody. No, I won't do it. 
you know what I'm thinking and you know what I'm going to say, but I'm not going to say the car, all right? But, you know, we would. We'd look at the ark and go, wow. You'd look at the cross and go, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just a piece of wood and we punish criminals on it and crucify them. It's nothing to stand in awe of. But the ark, you'd have gone, the ark's the winner in my opinion. So the, the tree built a boat, a vessel for people to escape. God builds it with mercy. Yet the tree builds a cross for the punishment of a crime. Who's winning? I think the ark's winning so far. But then I look at it and I'm thinking, what was the ark all about? The ark was about God's judgment. It was about his mercy where God's people were all sinning. The people that he'd created, the people that he loved, he'd made them in his image, were all sinning. They were violent. And God had had enough of it. It had come to the point where enough is enough. I need to say something. You know, like one of my children, when they're, they're falling out, right? They don't very often do it. But now and again, they'll fall out. And you let it go a little bit. And then like, enough's enough. We need to step in now because they've got a hammer in their hand and they're going to cause damage. Right? Do you understand? They're getting violent. There's a time because you love them that you need to step in and do something. The people around the ark were sinners. They were evil. They were doing things that were not pleasing God. And God says, enough is enough. I need to step in. But I don't want to wipe them all out because I want to start over again. So I'll put Noah, he's a good man, in the ark with his family. We'll build an ark. Give people a choice. If they want to respond, they can do. And he builds this ark as a place of judgment, to judge the people. But he gives an opportunity of mercy in there as well. Then we have the cross. God's judgment again. Judgment for all evil, all sin, all wrong is there on the cross. Two exact judgments, but outworked very differently. And then I thought, you know, what is it all about, God? What is your heart? Because, you know, sometimes, like Batman versus Superman, I can get confused who's the baddie and who's the goodie. And I look at the ark and I think, who's the baddie in this? Who's the goodie in it? I'm thinking, God, do you really want to wipe people out? Is that your heart? And as I look at it, I think, no, it's not his heart. His heart, his heart is to love people. And his heart was to start all over again. You know, and that's what God wants to do with our lives. You hear heard Johnny and Emma here this morning. God's heart is to start all over again. And he knows they've got sin and he knows they've got debt, not just money, but they've got personal things that they're enslaved to emotionally and they're struggling and they're bound. He knows that and he hates that sin. And he hates that they, 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 they've been hurt and they damaged people. He hates that. But above all of that is his great mercy. And he says, I know all of this, but I want to start over again. And that's his heart and that's his cry. With Noah and the ark, he built a vessel, an opportunity that we could start all over again. And he takes Noah on there and they start all over again. But as you know, if you know the story, they sin again and the pattern starts and it goes wrong again. So God's judgment is there, but so is his mercy. I've put down, you know what? God hates evil as it hurts people. But with the cross, he does something very different. He hates evil and he loves people. In the beginning with Noah and the ark, they wipe the people away. But with the cross, 
He saves the people and wipes the sin away. Can you see the difference? And very often we look at the cross and we think it was, a, it was just a cross. You look at the ark, it looks amazing. Look at the look how powerful that looks. Yet when we look at the cross, it doesn't look that great. But the greatest thing was done at the cross. The greatest thing was done by God at the cross, where he wiped away our sin and saved the sinner. And that's the good news. Instead of wiping us away, which he could have done, he chose not to. He chose to do something greater, more grace than we've ever known before. And he took on the sin of the world. He took it, he took on the crime. He became the criminal. Yeah, he did nothing. He took the nail. He took the beatings. He took the whips. He took the mocking. They stripped him. He got hung on a cross to pay the price for everybody's sin. That's the God that we hear about. That's the God that we can respond to. That's the God that we can choose to love because he first loved us. So on this occasion, in the Old Testament, we see the ark, the innocent, sorry, the guilty die. You say it's a bit harsh. Yeah, but they were guilty. They were evil. You know, when we watch the films like Superman and the baddie gets done, we love it, don't we? We love a good movie where the baddie who's causing all the problems eventually gets caught and he gets locked up in prison or he gets annihilated. We all rejoice when evil gets dealt with, don't we? Well, that's the same with the the ark. There was evil and God had to deal with it. Most of us look at it. I I don't know about you, but I think it's really sad that those people died. There was evil. There was evil that needed to be dealt with. But the great thing about the cross is this. On the cross, instead of the guilty dying like with the ark, on the cross, it says that the innocent one this time went to the cross. In the ark, the innocent one was put inside the ark and was saved, although he was not fully righteous, but God saw him as a good person and put him in the vessel to save him. On the cross, God does the opposite. He gets the innocent one who is himself and goes to the cross. So that the guilty ones, that's you, me, everybody who sinned, we on this occasion are not put on the cross, but the innocent one is put on the cross so that the guilty, which is me and you, can receive forgiveness of sins. How good is God? So I don't know about you, but when I looked at the ark, I thought, the ark's amazing. The cross just looks like a piece of wood. But then when we look at it and the power of the cross, we begin to see what God did on the cross. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It says, for Christ died for sins. So Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. So Jesus Christ, who was the righteous one, died for the unrighteous. Who's the unrighteous? Uzla. And we're the unrighteous. We're the ones who mess. He said, I'm a good person. No, we all tell lies. We all fall short of God's standard. 
We're all selfish at times. We all tell lies. We, we, we do things that are wrong in the eyes of God. God's standard is way higher than, our, than ours, and we fall short of God's standard. But here's the good news. Jesus, who is the righteous one who never sinned, took on our punishments so that we can transfer our wrong to Jesus, and he transfers his good over to us. It's a transaction. Cha-ching! Who wins? You win. I win. He lost, but he gains fully in the end, you. Because that's why he came. So the ark, I'm impressed, but I'm more impressed with the cross. He wanted to start over again. He wanted to give us a new heart, a new life, forgiveness of sin. And what I love about the cross is the way in which his blood has the power to forgive. You know, at at, at the ark, we see this massive flood of judgment that comes to wipe out the sinners. And then at the cross, what we see is the blood of Jesus, the holy blood of Jesus, the righteous one, the Lamb of God, pure holiness, no sin in him. The blood was poured out of him so that it could be poured upon you, so that you could be made holy. You could be forgiven. You could be made righteous. You could be made right with God so that you get a new start, a new life. You get a hope in Jesus Christ. Am I making sense this morning? You see, in the ark, the waters came and it flooded away the sinners. With the cross, the blood came and flooded the sin away, not the sinner. He makes the sinner righteous. That's the good news. And I'm glad I'm a sinner. And I have to watch myself sometimes because in Jesus, you can get puffed up and think, wow, I'm made right and I can become arrogant. And I have to watch myself. I have to stay humble and recognize my power is not my own. My forgiveness is not my own, but my forgiveness was made through Jesus Christ. And we must stay humble and we must not become proud and arrogant, but we must have a confidence in the gospel, a confidence in the good news. And if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do it today. You can get a new start over again. And you say, how does that work? Look, how does God raise Jesus from the dead? By his power. How can God restart you? He can by his power. If he can raise a man who was dead for three days and bring him back to life, he can bring your heart, your spirit back to life. He can bring your soul back to life. He can bring your physical body back to life because he has the power to do it. Now, I know we have a body that will last probably 120 years because that's the limitation that the Bible says is on it now. Did you see that lady this week who died at 117? 117. She's the last woman of the 19th century left. What are we going to do? 117. This body, your body, will decay as you get older and it will fade, but Jesus in you will not fade. And that's when the resurrection power will be fully tested on the day of your death. But you don't have to wait to then go, I'm going to wait till I die to test this power. No, you can receive it today and have the hope in your heart so you can live without fear of death. Death we sing, where is your sting? We don't have to fear the sting of death. Yes, the pain of death. Yes, the the, the fear of losing people and the sadness we live in. But there's a greater healing. There's a greater hope that's available to us. So we can live with good news. We can live with light in a dark world. We can live with that. How does he do it? By his grace. 
It's the gift of God that's given out to us. We can't earn it. We can't prove it in terms of this is my, I can't do it. It's the gift of God that's available through believing in Jesus Christ. And you're here today, you say, I don't know this gift. I don't know forgiveness of sin. I don't know that I can have a new start. Well, today can be your day. Today. I'll think about it when I get home. Why think about it? Why not just respond to the good news today? You know, I think in a way, the art gets a bad name. I look at the cross and look at the power of the cross and look at what God does, the forgiveness of sins. It says, for Christ died for once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but was made alive in the spirit. So his body died, but God brought him alive by the spirit. How do you get born again? How do you start again? By God's spirit. You believe in the message. I hear the message. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me. Then what do you do? You receive in your heart God's spirit. God's spirit gives you a power to overcome. It's the resurrection power. It brings life to you. We all need a reset now and again, don't we? Can I tell you a story last night? Can I tell? No. I did something really bad last night. I was, I was, Olivia was trying on, on a huddle. I shouldn't laugh. I'm sorry. I'm in big trouble. Uh, Olivia was on a, like a, a tablet. She wanted the Britain's Got Talent, right, thing she could, re- so I try and put it on, but it was a bit complicated. Next minute, we press some buttons, and it's connected to Sarah's phone. For some reason, we don't know how we did it. It wasn't me. There was a demon or something in the room that did it. I did not do it. Sarah says, why is my phone resetting back to factory settings? I said, it's nothing to do with me. Olivia. She's like, it's, it's resetting. Everything's losing. It's resetting. This is a big problem, right? Please pray for us. We're not speaking. <laughs> but you know, we all need a reset now and again. <laughs> Don't we? We do. Some of us need a bigger one than others. Some of us need a hard wire and a fully re- back to the factory setting. I know I needed one of them, and I'll probably need one of them next week as well after this week. Right? Some of us, we just need a soft reset. Let God breathe life into you. I know you're a good person. I know you've not done a lot wrong, but you still have done things wrong. Let God forgive you. Receive the forgiveness of God. Let him breathe that message into him. Let him revive your spirit. Let him give you something that you've been missing for a long time. Let him breathe something inside of you. Otherwise, it's just a message about a cross, about a God who something happened 2,000 years ago. What's the point in that? It's got to be relevant today. It's got to mean something today. There's got to be something we experience today. Not just talk about, I got saved 12, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. Well, where's the power today? Plug in. Come on. Plug in. Plug in. Some of you need to plug in today. Plug in. Come on. Who wants to plug into the power? You know, I, I could just do a normal service here. No, but I want the power in here. There's a power in here. There's a power. Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of shame. You know, you, you'll, drive, you'll drive out of here today. 
And you'll, some of you will say, I'm a good person, not a bad. And you'll sin. And some of you won't even know it. I bet you everybody in this room, if you drive a car, will go over 30 mile an hour. No, not me. Come on, you, you just broke the law. You, you will all break the law. You will. Policemen in the room, right? We're on the same end sheet. You will. You, you won't, you'll break the law. You'll all go from here and something will come out of your mouth that won't be kind and help somebody. You will. It's only until somebody tells you. I remember first having the car. I've been driving 12 months and I was playing football at the time. And I came out of Stokes Ground and I drove around the corner and there's a, a light behind me. I'm like, it's not after me. Go past. He's like, no, he's after you. Pull over. And I'm like, what have I done? He pulls up at the side. He says, your seatbelt's not on. I'm like, it is. <laughs> it is. Look, it's in. It's in, mate. Did you not? He says, mate, we've got you on camera. It's not on. I'm like, oh. So he sits me in the back of the car. I felt terrible. Oh, seatbelt's not on. Felt terrible. And he starts saying, you've got to have a ticket. And then sit in the back of the car. He made me feel that big. And then I said, I do know what you do. Your mother's a magistrate. Oh, your mum's a magistrate. Oh, he said, it just changed his tune all of a sudden. But here's the deal, right? I was sinning because I was breaking the law. But it wasn't until somebody pointed out to me that I realized I was doing wrong. And that's what we need in life. You might say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a bad person, I'm a good person. Yeah, but you're still falling short of God's glory. You, you, you've fallen short of God's standard. And, and, but here's the good news. Instead of taking you to court and putting you in the box and putting you on the stand and then coming up with all the evidence and going over every little detail that you've done and saying, well, you did this on that day and you did that and you did that. Well, I know all about your history. I know. So what I'm going to do now, you're gonna, we're going to fasten you up and we're going to take you down into the cells and you're going to spend 25 years in prison. Instead of doing that and washing your way, instead of doing that, what does he do? He says, right, let's just put you in the dock. Actually, stand there. You've made mistakes, but we're going to do something different today. We're going to invite somebody in. Jesus, in you come. Jesus stands in the dock for you. You're taken out of the dock and you're set free. And say, go on, go and live now. Go and give glory to God. Go and forgive others if you have been forgiven. Because Jesus stands in your place. Yes, you deserve the punishment. Yes, you deserve everything that, that, that you deserve. But God, by his grace, says, I'll take your place. I'll set you free. I do it for you. I do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it forever because I love you. And I took it on the cross. I took one punishment. I took another punishment. I took a beating. I didn't have to. I came down from my throne. I was the king. I came down just for you. I took the punishments so that you could receive of me. You can receive forgiveness of sin. You can start all over again. You can have my power that's available through my spirit. And you can learn to live, baby. You can overcome. You can discover what it is to be a conqueror. You can, you can, you can receive of me. I can take your sin and your pain and your suffering if you'll let me heal you and I will give you something better. I will fill those areas, those holes, that loneliness. <sighs> I really feel loneliness in this room. You know, you can turn up for church and still be lonely because you need a spirit of adoption. You need a spirit of the Father so you know who you are. Not just spirit coming to church and doing social club. That doesn't work. You need a spirit of adoption. You'd be born of God so you know who you are in Christ. Some of you are not born again. You come to the room, you're not born again. You come to church, you're not born again. 
I'll say that. You need to be born again. You need to receive of God and allow God to wash you and reaffirm his identity. So he looks at you and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Wow, well pleased with you. So Jesus takes your place. And that's what the cross is about. It's about him coming and taking your place, taking your sin, taking the punishments that you deserve. Then beginning to wash you by telling you that he loves you, telling you that he makes you right. As you read the word, it washes you. It cleanses your thoughts. It begins to renew you. You begin to find out who I am. I'm forgiven. I'm loved. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to believe this word now. I have the spirit that affirms it in me, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm not going to live like that anymore I'm going to live for Jesus because he lived for me I'm going to repent I'm going to walk in your ways now God is it easy no but it's the best way and God will go with you every step of the way he promises never to leave you nor forsake you you might feel like he's gone but he's there he's there every step of the way so if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus I'm going to give you opportunity you've heard what I've said you heard the testimonies we're going to pray and then we're going to take, we're going to sing a song and we're going to take communion. And communion is remembering what Jesus did on the cross. His body that was given for you and his blood that was given for you. But you know, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I want to pray a prayer. And you can pray it with me in your heart. This is about you and God. You know, when the ark was built, it says there was a window, like a door. And that door was open for a while until God chose to close it. It was open. It was available. You could go and get on the ark before he shut it. You know, and I believe that's a symbol today for each and every one of us. We don't get on the ark. We go to Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He is the door. He is the window. He is the vessel. He is the one who will rescue you. He is the savior of the world. And he gives a window of opportunity for you to respond. And I just thought, you know, this story, I will pray in a minute. This story, I just imagine people standing there. Just imagine people standing outside of the ark and looking up at Noah, who'd been build, building it for years and years, and looking at him and thinking, this guy's crazy. This guy keeps going on about being rescued. This guy keeps going on about the judgment of God. This guy keeps going on about, you know, being saved. He keeps going on about it. He's just a madman. And imagine him with your family and your kids thinking, do I get on board? Do I get on? Yeah, but what about me mates? What about me kids? What about me wife? What about me husband? Do I, do I get on? The window's open. Do I trust God? Do I trust that he sent Jesus Christ? The window's open. And you know what? You get on and some people might not get on. You might say, well, I'm going to get on. And I'm going to get on with all of my heart and trust God. You know, I did that in 2002. And I said to God, I, I can't go on anymore. I surrender my life. I'll give all my mates up. I, I, I'll get on this boat, I'll get on this journey, I don't understand it, and I'll give them all up, because if I don't go, what else have I got? So I made the choice to go, you know what God, I'm going to give you my life, I don't understand it, I come to the cross, I believe Jesus is my saviour, I ask for forgiveness of sins, you know, I didn't understand it, but I choose to give all my mates up, 
They probably laughed at me, mocked me, made fun of me, intimidated me. But I said, well, I'm on board. I'm getting on board. I'm getting on with the cross now. I'm not messing around anymore. I get one opportunity and I'm getting on board. You know what? It took another from 2002 to 2008 for my best mate to get saved. Johnny, my best mate, was not in church. But if I hadn't got on board, then what had he got to follow? So don't look around at people and think, oh, I wonder about what they think and what they say. Just get on board. Get on board and trust God. Trust God for his forgiveness. Trust God in his love. Trust God that he's faithful. Give him your heart and trust him. And you watch what happens. You watch what he begins to turn around in your life. You watch what strength he gives you. You watch what power he gives you. You watch the things that you begin to break out of that had you before. And then people that are watching you, they'll begin to, their ears prick up. They'll begin to look at what you're doing on that boat. And they'll say, I'm going to get on board. Something's happened in my family. Something started over again in my family. Something started over again with my mom and dad. Something has happened in this life. What is it that's happening? I want to know. And they will follow you as you get on board. So let's pray. I'm going to pray for people that don't know Jesus first. So if you don't know Jesus, you can receive Jesus in your heart this morning. All I'm going to do is say a prayer. You repeat this prayer. It's between you and God. Then at the end, I just want you to hold up your hand to say, I've held this prayer. So, you know, I can come and speak to you after, give you a Bible and some information to help you to make this next step. So, Father, and we just pray right now for people. Come on, church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for taking on our sin. We thank you for forgiveness. Jesus, we choose you. We choose to trust in you. Father, we receive you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So if you've just prayed that in your heart, just put your hand up to say, I've just prayed that prayer. I've just prayed that prayer. Yeah, just put your hand up so we can see and give you some stuff. That's great. That's great. So we'll come and give you some stuff after, okay? The rest of you, how are you doing? Are we going to stand? Are we doing a song first? I've lost lots of people. We're doing a song. Okay. We're going to sing a song. Is that okay? And I want you to sing with all your heart. You don't have to dance like me, but you can dance if you want to. Come on, let's stand. What do you mean, Ken? No. Never mind. Ken, no. Come on, Ken. There's a jig in you yet, isn't there? Come on, Ken. You can jig. <laughs> Are we going to sing? Do we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Three days later, he came back to life, and the people proclaimed it. They went everywhere. They got filled with the Spirit. They preached with boldness. Thousands of people came to faith. I want to encourage you now. Let's praise God, and then we're going to take communion. Thank you.